Welcome to Jubilations, a Judaic podcast intended to educate, inspire, and motivate your hungry Jewish mind. Each week, Jubilations dives into the minds of influential Jewish people, speaking powerful words of wisdom. I had the amazing opportunity of interviewing Neil Lazarus uh, via Zoom from Jerusalem, Israel. He has awesomeseminars.com. Very important to check out. Uh, he has his own app, Neil Lazarus. Very important to, to download that app and uh, hear all the interesting information this man has to offer. He is a former Israeli foreign Israel Ministry Forces Consultant. Um, he is an, an expert at Middle East Current Affairs. Uh, he has seminars that he does all over the world. Again, as I said, awesomeseminars.com. Uh, he is known to be fun and informative and entertaining, and he, he is, he's amazing. He's a keynote speaker. He is really trying his best to train the new generation of Israeli diplomats that we have here in the world, um, in the Jewish community. Uh, he helps with student leadership. Um, he has uh, been a part of the reality program in Israel, the Ambassador. Uh, his client list is extensive and includes places like the Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Israeli Ministry of Tur- Tourism, uh, the World Bank, Harvard University, extension courses in Israel, Hillel, Hadassah, etc. There is just a list of things that go on and on. Um, he's been pioneering in the use of the internet as an educational tool, um, as you can hear from all the things he's been doing, especially the app. I love the app. He was born in Britain, but made Aliyah in 1988 after um, receiving his master's degree at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. He speaks to over 25,000 people a year. He works with adults and students and youth groups, um, and he's known as being one of Israel's leading keynote speakers. So I would hope that you give a really great listen, and hats off to Neil Lazarus for all that he does. Neil Lazarus is talking to me today, joining me from Israel. Um, what are we doing, Zoom? I don't think I've done Zoom yet. Yes, this is a new system. I love it. I've heard of it, but I've never done it, so I love it. I'm going to I'm going to incorporate it as well. Uh, thanks for ju- thanks for joining me on Jubilations today. Um, it's a pleasure, and thanks for hosting. Thank you. Um, as an internationally known expert of the Middle East, do you think there will ever be peace there? Uh, I hope to. I, look, I live in Israel. I uh, I have children, and I think pessimism is the luxury of the lazy. Um, I like that quote of Shimon Peres where he said once. We have to believe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We just need to build the tunnel. I would add, make sure it's not a Hamas tunnel with a fighter coming out. But um, I do believe we have to uh, try and believe in peace or strive for peace. Look, the reality is much of what's going on in the Middle East today has got nothing to do with Israel. Um, And there's groups there which will never recognize Israel. ISIS is not going to make peace with Israel. Uh, Hezbollah is not going to make peace with Israel. Hamas may have a pragmatic ceasefire until the next war, um, but Israel Israel is not at war with its neighbors. Some of its neighbors are at war with it. 
And how, how do we get past that? How do we get past that? We feel like we keep giving to them and they just keep, whoever just keeps taking from us. And where are we going to go? What's going to happen? What's, I mean, I know you can't tell the future, but. Um, Well, look, at the end of the day, there has to be uh, pragmatism on both sides. Um, On the one hand, if we're talking only about the Palestinians, and I'm always uh, reluctant to just do that because we create this picture as if it's only between Israeli and the Palestinians. When I talk about the Middle East and I give my uh, seminars, uh, half of the session is talking about what's happening in Iran, what's happening in Lebanon, what's happening in the war with Syria and Iraq. Uh, so we're actually, and don't tell anyone, we're, not, we're only a very small part of the whole picture. Um, but if we want to restrict our understanding of a part of the conflict to the Palestinians, uh, I would argue is a couple of things have to take place. One, on the Palestinian side, um, there has to be a recognition that Israel right, is here to stay. Uh, and I think the many within the leadership of the Palestinians are not willing to make compromise. The historical compromise the Palestinians will make is on the right of return. Uh, that not their claims that, and they put the number of 5 million, however they get that figure is crazy. 5 million refugees are going to come back. It's fictitious. It's not going to happen. If they really believe in a two-state solution, then a two-state solution has to be a Jewish state or with a Jewish majority next to a Palestinian state. But the Palestinians are arguing by arguing the right of return is a two-state solution which would effectively be Muslim and Muslim. Um, so that's, you know, that's the problem with that. Um, on the Israeli side, I think there are some Israelis who also don't see, and I have this argument as well, there's no such thing as a Palestinian. You hear that a lot. And I think that both sides at the end of the day have to recognize uh, each other's rights, that neither side are going away, and then perhaps the pragmatic lot can uh, start working together. Uh, so you were so fortunate to be in America when we had our election. And Always interesting. <laughs> tell me your thoughts on that. Tell me you th- where you think Trump will take this all. Well, first of all, it, 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 I mean, you know, I don't want to use you as an anthropological experiment, but it was fascinating, fascinating um, to... Um, be in the United States at the time. Uh, a couple of things which I saw, which I found fa- uh, interesting, uh, were as fo- was as follows. One, that the polls got it wrong. I stress, by the way, that I predicted Trump was going to win six months earlier. Because once you saw what was going on in Brexit, what was going on in England, that England decides to leave Europe, it's connected. Everyone in America sees Trump as an American phenomenon. And it's not. It's just done in an American way. So it's over the top without any mediocrity. Trump represents a growing populism, which is spreading throughout the world, uh, which is seeking to redefine the nation state, redefine uh, countries' rights, uh, is scared of immigration, um, is trying to put their national interests first. I think what we're seeing is we saw eight years of liberalism. We saw eight years of... Um, internationalism and globalization. And this is a backlash to it. Um, Trump can only come after eight years of Obama in the same way that Obama could only come after uh, George W. It's his pendulum which keeps keeps swinging. Look, as far as the Middle East is concerned, um, it's going to be some interesting times. What we can say is um, Trump will break the rules that have been set beforehand. So that's clear. Second of all is, as far as Iran is concerned, I think it's going to get very interesting. 
Um, I'll give you a little sneak preview. There's a lot of material out there at the moment which um, is not classified, but hasn't been released by the Obama government. Secret uh, elements within the agreement with Iran, including paying um, money for the release of hostages, uh, encouraging uh, Iranian trade. None of that was made public, and I think it's about to go public. Um, and the Trump supporters are definitely interested in supporting that as well. So I think it's going to be very interesting as far as Iran is concerned. The right in Israel is very optimistic because they see um, Trump as supporting the settlement movement, uh, which may or may not be true. Um, what is clear is I think that the pressure today is off uh, as far as pressure from America um, on Israel to make concessions. Interesting. Do you think that it would have been different if Hillary would have won? How do you think it would have been different? It would have been different. No, absolutely. Sure. If Hillary had won, um, there's a couple of things. One is, it, it's not necessarily third term. Look, one of Hillary's mistakes was she um, brought uh, Obama uh, to try and support her. Uh, and many people were therefore sold of this idea of continuity. I remind you, by the way, she, she got the popular vote. So more Americans wanted her. And, and yeah. I think that that's, that's important to say. Majority of American Jews support uh, Hillary Clinton as well. Um, and, and we can talk about that phenomena because that's quite interesting. Um, but the reality, um, the reality is this. Hillary, uh, I think, would have had much more of the same of the Obama policy, but without Obama. In other words, the element of Obama is that there's a personal dynamic with Netanyahu where they're real people. They didn't see eye to eye. There was a, a personality clash. Obama coming from a much more liberal background. Uh, Netanyahu's brother was killed in a terrorist attack and at the same time, um, you know, in Entebbe and at the same time being a neoconservative uh, economically. They didn't see from the beginning eye to eye. I think if Hillary had been in power, we would have or come to power. We would have seen a move to a two state solution or continued pressure to a two-state solution without the personal dynamic and the personal conflict. Some people are asking, and perhaps on the right in Israel, some people are, are hoping for, is the um, death of a two-state solution under Trump. That could be possible because he's encouraging the settlement policy, and it could also be very dangerous. What's your feeling about the settlement? Do you, do you agree with it or...? Well, again, life is always complicated. Um, on the one, you know, you, you get two, you get two levels of people. On the one hand, we can just build and have no consequence, and on the other hand, people who say, um, if it wasn't for the settlements, everything would be okay. And I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Um, first of all, um, I remind you that the, actually the, the the test of settlement policy was put out there. We withdrew from Gaza. We withdrew 9,000, nearly 10,000 Jews from Gush Katif, forcefully removed them from their homes. Um, and what happened? We, we had nearly 300 Palestinians killed by Hamas, and we've had two wars, uh, and they're preparing for the next one. On the other hand, the issue of settlements is seen, um, and is claimed at least, to be one of the reasons why there's a stalemate. I think sometimes Israel can be uh, wise and, always, and not always just right. In other words, if it, the Netanyahu government again declared a freeze on settlements, it would put the ball back on uh, the Palestinian side. The Palestinians at the end of the day will not sign an agreement with Israel because it will require them to compromise on the right of return, on refugees. 
is not the settlements, it's the refugee issue, that they would recognize that not all Palestinians will come back to the houses that they left in 48, that there would be a two-state solution, and that that refugee issue would be a historic compromise, which they're not willing to make. Um, so again, on the settlement issue, I don't believe it's the number one issue. I think it complicates the issues. I think we could be cleverer by saying, let's have a, cease, uh, uh, a freezing. Netanyahu's done that before in his first government. Uh, and then the ball's in their court. Um, and, and I always like to play, play like that. Uh, but you know, we have people who see otherwise. Um, making Aliyah in 1988, you... You just aged me. Uh, no, not really. Let's pretend not, because you're, okay. you know, what are you? What are you? I'm only 31. 30? 30, okay. 30, 32? Oh, 21 I, you want to be? Okay. Yeah, pushing 25. <laughs> so what do you feel like from when you came to how things are now, and why, do you, why have you stayed with all the content? I, I think uh, Jewish people are a people of the book. And um, if, you have, if you're a people of the book, you have a choice. Either you read the book or you write the book. And I think in Israel, I'm, I'm being a part of writing the book of Jewish history. That doesn't negate where other people live. I'm not saying you can't be a Jew elsewhere. Uh, I do believe that Israel is the home of the Jewish people. Not everyone lives at home. That's okay. But there's always a couch to to lie on if you like by the way i would add that if you don't live at home don't tell us how to re how to decorate the house you're That's very good very so, good so the point the, the point i would make um is i wanted to be a part of jewish history be a part of the story be a part of of making it i i'm not religious but i do think that something is happening here uh which is in one word some people call it zionism uh, or you can just call it sovereignty that we have independence, we have the right and ability to protect ourselves and make our own decisions for ourselves. And that's a historic change in the Jewish people since 1948. I think there has been much more visible Israel and Palestine presence like on the university campuses. When you go to speak to these kids, which I know you do a lot of, um, what do you, what direction do you try to get these kids to go? Do you try to figure out a way to make them work together? Well, number one is to make Israel relevant. Um, I think today it's important to start with the question, why Israel? Um, in other words, what we're seeing is um, not everyone who's, you know, put it a different way, your first year student uh, who goes to university age 18 no longer remembers 9-11. They're a post 9-11 generation. So that's number one. The reality is very different than perhaps yours or mine. So the number one thing is to talk about the importance of Israel. Why have it? This is a generation that doesn't remember. I, I don't remember before Israel. Um, so why have Israel? I Israel is not just because of the Holocaust. Uh, and I think that that's something important to stress. We don't have Israel because of the Holocaust. We had the Holocaust because there wasn't an Israel. It's different. It's very different. And that's sovereignty. Um, so what I would argue is the number one thing when we're talking about advocacy, and I hate that word, but talking about Israel on campus, is how do you make Israel relevant to them? Why should I stand up for Israel? Why is it important to me? And then the rest is, is uh, a matter of knowing some information and arguments. I'm less worried what the anti-Israel lobby is saying. I'm more worried about what the so-called pro-Israel lobby isn't doing. Mm 
Interesting. And that's where you go and tell them, let's get stronger, right? Absolutely. From it can be just giving information, seminars which are information on the Middle East, to how to argue. Um, And again, it's not supporting everything Israel does. There's that old, jo- uh, that old joke, two Jews, three opinions. In Israel, we have uh, two Israelis, three opinions, four political parties, and a change of government. So it's not necessarily um, supporting everything Israel does. It's a matter of uh, giving Israel a fair voice, showing the complexities, showing the choices. Look, I'm speaking to you now. Um, I'll just show you, maybe I'll move my camera around. You're in a, that's a bomb shelter. That's the window to the bomb shelter. Yes, yes. Okay? That's my office. Um that's a reality on the ground. You know, we have uh, bomb shelters in every house. Uh, I'm a mile away from the West Bank here. So when people talk about security, when people talk about choices, um, you know, I'm happy to have a Palestine a mile away from my home. But it's got to work because otherwise I'm going to have Hamas coming out of my back garden. Yeah. That, choices. 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 <laughs> And I think that if you want it in one word is showing is enabling students uh, internationally via the material which I provide on my website or some seminars via the podcast. Uh, we even just developed an app, <laughs> the Neil Lazarus oh, app. Excellent. Uh, which is because uh, everyone's on their phone. So if you're on their phone, just, you know, they can now download the Neil Lazarus app and get information just there. Awesome. Uh, and, and develop that type of information, um, which enables them to be more effective in showing the choices that Israel has. Talk a little bit more about your online advocacy mm-hmm. training seminars that you have. So there's a number of things. One is uh, via the website or some seminars students can take um, uh, and, and anyone can take online uh, courses, which are pre-recorded. They do it at their own time. Uh, it can be on the Middle East. It can be on effective communications. Uh, they sign up. They take it as pre-recorded videos. That's very cool. We also, um, I also come and speak live. I also uh, offer uh, type of things which, you know, you're recording the sound. I'm. We're also doing this as a video uh, broadcast. Um, so I have in conversations Yesterday, last night, I had a conversation with something like 20 students in the States live from Israel. So we do a lot of video uh, conferencing uh, as well. We have apps, the Neil Lazarus app, like I said. So there's a a whole, uh, I'm on Snapchat, I'm not Facebook, all of those things you can find me on. And and it's just different platforms for uh, promoting Israel. Um, You also are a Twitterer, which... You love to talk excessively, about excessively. Excessively. <laughs> I, I find it worrying that my at Awesome Seminars Twitter account is actually now retweeted by foreign, uh, by Israeli embassies. I, I'm a bit oh. worried that they took know the information before me. Love that. I love that. Okay, so I have, I have just a couple more questions. Um, you have Palestinian friends, and you have them over f- at your house. Do you offer them sweet tea or do you offer them lemonada or Turkish coffee? What do you do? You sit to no, the re- chat. The, and- the, re- the reality is I'm friendly with anyone who wants to be friendly with Good. me. Um, you know, is I, I always say, and it's a philosophy of mine, is uh, if you find people interesting, you'll never be bored. And, you know, just talk to people, speak to people. Um, and through my work, I meet many great people, both Palestinians um, Jews, Muslims, Christians, you name it, different people from all around the world. Um, and I think sometimes w- we have a tendency 
to judge everyone. Not every Palestinian is a suicide bomber. Not every Jew living in the West Bank is a right-wing religious fanatic. And I think we have to judge people for what comes out of their mouth and what they say, rather than painting whole populations in one, uh, on one level. So true. And if we, more of us would do that, we wouldn't have all this trouble. All right. So, so one more question. Do you wear black socks or white socks? <laughs> I wear both socks. Do you have one of each? Or, or you have to whenever have... you do the washing, odd ones come out. Absolutely. I was going to say, I have, the, I have the washing machine monster. So occasionally I get a pair, but, you know, people have what? to check out your Facebook post today. Of yes. That, black and did white you work socks. out? Yeah, that's why I asked you that question. Uh, I thought that was funny. I, I thought it was so, funny. It's way over my head. I'm not. I'm an artsy person, not a math person, but it was pretty funny. I enjoyed it. If you have no idea what we're talking about, check out my Facebook page, uh, which is Neil, uh, Neil Lazarus. Uh, and you can check out that the question about the socks, which got a lot of people thinking. It was great. And we can also find you at awesomeseminars.com. And awesome seminars on Facebook, and you're all over. So, like you said before, it's very important to find you and listen to you and get your download your app. I appreciate talking to you. Have a great day. Neil, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining me today on Jubilations. Thanks for listening to Jubilations. May you go from strength to strength.